Welcome to the Corporate Digital Marketing Podcast, where we examine the latest digital strategies, tactics, case studies, and technologies to help you drive your brand and your career to new heights. You'll hear from a range of marketers and industry experts to help you, the corporate marketer, to take advantage of your many digital opportunities. Here's your host, digital marketing expert, published author, and regular media presenter, Peter Applebaum. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Corporate Digital Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Applebaum. Today, we're going to be speaking to Christine from eBay. Christine is the Senior Product Manager from eBay, and we'll hear later in the episode exactly what that means and what she does. She has a fantastic background in the Australian digital industry, having worked at LinkedIn for some years and also Zenith Optimedia, a media agency. She has some really interesting insights and probably different types of opinions to the ones we've we've had from other guests we've had previously. And I think that's good. Actually, one of the things we spoke about when I first uh, suggested that uh, Christine come on the show is she said, well, I'm not in marketing anymore, Peter. I'm in product, product uh, development, product management. And I said, well, Christine, given the background that you have, that's exactly the sort of role that I think listeners will be interested in finding out more about, particularly with an organization like eBay. So here it is, Christine from eBay. So I'm very happy and lucky to be speaking to Christine Kunasingham from eBay. Hi. Welcome, Christine. So I've known Christine for some time. I've been following her career with great interest because amazingly, I spoke to her about joining Tick Yes to work with us, but she chose to work for this other small organization called LinkedIn. <laughs> and she has gone to strength from strength to strength ever since. So I was very excited to speak to Christine about uh, her experiences at LinkedIn and also now at eBay. She also informed me that she's not in digital marketing, which is going to make it an interesting conversation. Could you tell us a little bit more about your role now, Christine? Yeah, so I'm in product management at the moment and it's something that I've always been interested in and it's not something I, um, I knew what I was actually looking at or looking for when I started this down this journey. Much of it was actually um, while I was in Zenith, my days at Zenith, and quite often the questions I was asking our publishers at that time was like, why couldn't the product just do this? And and sometimes the questions I got back or the feedback I got from uh, some of the international publishers were, the people you want to speak to is not us. There are actually people that sit in our head office who actually build the products. And I was like, and that piqued my interest as to what is this role and what this what do these people do? And actually during my time at LinkedIn, I got the opportunity to work with our product team. And that's when I discovered and learned about this concept of product management and um and that's really why i'm here at ebay doing product management i actually think a lot of people would think when when you say product they think physical products true that is also part of it that is that's a fairly safe assumption and in the digital space it's it's everything that a website you would look at so going on to a facebook for example the newsfeed there will be a product manager that will be looking at the newsfeed alone that and that is just one of the concepts of a product manager. And if you look at the newsfeed, there's all these different buttons and different things that you can click on. And there are different product managers that will look after each of those sections. No, so that is really the concept of product management. It's thinking of it as the owner of a particular section or owner of the site and uh, and what they can do to ensure that the users make the most out of it. So what does that mean from an eBay point of view for you? What is what is your product? So my product is actually the selling site. So I ensure 
sure that when sellers come onto our site, whether they're a consumer to consumer or a business type seller, that they make the most out of it or get the most out of our platform. You have, as I mentioned in the intro, you, you have quite an extensive digital marketing background mm -hmm. and also, I guess, an account management business development background as well mm -hmm. at, uh, at LinkedIn in particular. How has that helped you being in, the, being in your current role? So much of it is really skills development. And I think that's something we sometimes forget and we're so focused on the role or the title. And I think the skills development part is where, you know, my previous experiences have really led me to here um, today. So if you look at when we were, when I was at the agency side, a lot of what we had to do in digital advertising at that time is really having to pitch digital. So you really learn like the sales skill set, but you also learn how to, you know, weave in a conversation about what the marketer that you were speaking to understood uh, and try to bridge that gap with the digital concept as well. Because quite often you were speaking to marketers who didn't really understand the concept of digital and you had to speak to their language. So you, you, you know, you you translate those kind of skills that you try and make it a little bit more approachable for them, um, you know, about how they can digest what the concept of digital is from, you know, someone who really is so familiar with uh, TV advertising or print advertising. So, you know, you bridge that gap. And so focusing on that skills and that kind of development really helped me to where I am here today. And even while I was at LinkedIn, um, it was something that someone I worked with actually really helped me understand. You have your role and that's your, you know, the core of what you're doing. But quite often there's all these gray areas around it that could make it part of your role. And that was actually how I ended up started working with our product team in different capacity. It's not necessarily something that was, you know, hard coded into my role, but it was something that I was, I was quite passionate about. And I was like, oh, you know, if only they could hear a little bit more from Australia about how our Australian, you know, um, customers were doing and what they wanted to hear from our product and feed that into the team or and how that can actually you know help other people and that's really how it started working as well so whenever I had the opportunity to work with our product team in any capacity I would take it up because it meant a, a voice at the table but also being able to be to be part of that process of what was going on so I know I didn't quite answer your question I'm just going quite broad but really take the core. You're, the per you're the perfect <laughs> guest, Christy. It's like, don't focus <laughs> only on the core of what you're doing. Try and see what is in that gray area that you can really kind of, you know, make it as part of your core. And that's how, when I was at LinkedIn, it really, my role evolved a lot and it enabled like, you know, hey, this kind of looks interesting and I expanded my role and made sure that it, I brought that into it as well. So, you know, that that's how you can also start to think about how your skills develop and think about not just limiting it to what you're doing at the moment, but how you can translate what you're doing into other areas and other industries. And for example, a sales skill set, which is what I really got to f um, finesse when I was at LinkedIn. It wasn't something necessarily I thought, oh, I really wanted to have, but it's a great skill set whether you're going to be in any industry because regardless of what you're doing, you always have to sell yourself. And so learning the sales acumen is also something that I would encourage people to have, you know, whether it, whether it's going to be a short-term thing or a long-term thing, it's not a bad skill to have. So, so yeah. obviously marketing has evolved quite a deal since uh, this, this digital thing came yeah. along some time ago. And I think what you've just described is perfect background for a lot of marketers, particularly young marketers who are starting out and who are interested in where is the, the growth trajectory for my career. Mm -hmm. You mentioned sales, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of sales. I mean, my, my background also was pure marketing, marketing on the client side. Mm -hmm. But I think if you know sales, you are bulletproof. Yeah. So how does that? Uh, how do you think that translates for a young uh, assistant brand manager or even a product manager who's listening to this and saying, 
yeah, but I've never really done any selling, Christine. How does that work for me? Yeah, I know. And it's a, that's an actually a very good book I would recommend for people to read if they can. And it's um, they talk about the different salespeople. And I, I'll, I'll need to get you the name. Yes, I, please not, do. And you can we can include a link, yeah, a link to the, the Amazon. Yeah. Um, but it is a it, it talks about the different types of um, sales. Actually, it's called the Challenger Sale. That's it. That's what the book is called. The, the Challenger Sale. Okay. Yeah. So and it talks about what they've done is they, they analyze um, salespeople throughout the t- throughout the years, right? And what they found was there were different types of salespeople. And I say this, and, I, and the reason I say is whether you consciously know it or unconsciously know it, you actually have to sell in every role that you do. Even as a marketer, as a brand marketer, you're starting out, you have to pitch your idea to your manager. And that is some form of selling. So being able to understand that selling actually is in every part of our day to day. And it, I don't want it to be a taboo word. And I think quite often you think of sales, you always think of maybe like, you know, a typical salesperson or you have stereotypes that you bring to that role, but there is such a variety of salespeople and reading that book, the, the challenger sale, uh, interesting enough, the concept of the challenger sale was a type of salesperson that could last whether um, the economy was great or not so great because right. they were able to actually help educate their customer about what it was they were trying to sell. So they were not blatantly selling. They were more um, help selling kind of thing. So or they, solution selling. Solution selling. Yeah, that's probably a better I'm actually, I, for many years, I've, I've been a big believer that the, the best person or the best professional to be in in life is a marketing oriented salesperson yeah being just a sales oriented salesperson means that you're missing out on understanding what your customers really want what their fears needs and wants and desires are Um, being a being a marketer is wonderful as i say my love and and passion has always been marketing but the more i get to know about marketing is exactly what you're saying christine it's like sales is so fundamental to it it. is and say and and back in back in the old days long before you started your career a lot of people would say oh those those damn sales people they've got no idea they're just (laughs) out there they just say okay (laughs) and this they're just out there they're cutting the price they don't care about the brand whereas a smart salesperson the brand is central to what yep. they're selling. The, the the value that a brand can offer a consumer, whatever the type of customer it is, yep. uh, is is critical to to being able to satisfactorily meet needs. Exactly, and you know I've been lucky during my time at LinkedIn that I got to work with so many different salespeople, but also being exposed to some of like the great salespeople around the world, and which get celebrated. Um, and you want to learn from these people. And interesting enough, people always say that sales is limited to like, you want to, you have to be an extrovert. And I was like, actually, some of the most successful people I know are introverts. And they're not necessarily the loudest people in the room, but they are also the mo- they're also very deliberate with what they say. And they're also very conscientious about what they say to, um, to their customers or even their colleagues. And, and that, I think that demystified a lot of things when I, I discovered this many, many years ago. And it, debunking the myths yeah and it opened up my eyes about what the concept of sales is and to be honest i'm grateful for having had to be exposed to um, the sales environment because it it definitely taught me things that i would be it would be a lifelong skill set the the old days where someone was like a new marketing graduate would join a marketing department many organizations would would put them in the sales team Mm-hmm. for six months 12 months what a purgatory to some i actually think that would it's a, a wonderful way to go and in traditional companies like the trade marketing manager or the trade marketing department i think is a wonderful place because it straddles sales and marketing mm-hmm. do you have a, a modern day equivalent a current equivalent at, at ebay or at linkedin well even 
even my time at um here we've got a huge marketing team um uh, by time at linkedin like we, we still had concepts of trade marketing and then and that's what they would define themselves as trade marketing but they would do be they will be doing marketing for um you know the different departments as well so i don't think the concept has really changed too much and obviously there's more that is built into that role nowadays or expected of the role nowadays but it's still there are still fundamentals that are still the same so let's let's drill down into we talked a lot about selling and marketing mm-hmm. and what the differences and how they should be merged if you will or they should, really yeah. they always were how does that translate into a digital context yeah so i think that's a really good question and it's something that i think a lot of departments are still trying to figure out i think what has happened is sales and marketing used to be one department many years ago and then they split up into two different departments run by two different you know heads of but and i think nowadays what you're starting to see is that convergence coming back together again and sales and marketing trying to there's a lot more alignment in it uh with those two departments and you know during my time at linkedin i I remember seeing a lot of big organizations that are going through that trend and i think you know the good thing about smaller organizations they're a little bit more nimble they can actually make that happen a lot quicker but you do see that um, you know, what the salesperson will always, a sales team are always asking is more accountability from the marketing team and marketing team also asking the salespeople for more accountability of what's actually being put out there. So increasingly, I think in, in the concept of the digital world, you are going to see a lot more accountability coming from both departments and the, the need for the two departments to actually really work together a lot closer because really at the end of the day, a market, the, a marketer's job is only going to be as efficient as what the salesperson also brings in. So they need, they definitely needs to be the two working together a lot closer. And as measurement gets better, as you have new technologies that are brought out there, you want the two to be able to, you know, be united and bring together a um, more cohesive measurement method for them. Right. We spoke to, we've spoken a lot about the, uh, the corporate side of things, mm-hmm. which I guess is appropriate given the name of this uh, podcast. But let's talk about the, the customers, mm-hmm. the people at the other end of the screen or the other end of the smartphone as to what, what, are the, what are the benefits? What is the added value for them as a result of this convergence that you've been talking about? Oh, that's a good one. I think what it also then brings on to, if I had to look at it, like at the end of the day, a marketer who is going to be putting a message out there for the salesperson to also then you know speak to that same customer if that increases personalization a lot more and more effective. So you're having a conversation with the customer and you know they've already they've been exposed to what the brand messaging is and then when the salesperson speaks to them it's just closing the loop and tying it loop and just finalizing it. I think you know you get that increased personalization as to what it is but you also have the effectiveness that you know there's consistency with what the message is going to be put out there but also that the salesperson is also having that thorough conversation and really being able to bridge that gap and understanding the organizational needs of how the solution is actually going to be beneficial to um, the organization that they're speaking to. So I think that personalization piece is also quite key. And more and more, I mean, as a as a end consumer or end seller, the customer that you're talking to, you know, everyone's so pressed for time. And if there's efficiencies that can be made prior to someone having the initial conversations, 
then I think that's also going to be beneficial of time saving because there's just so much out there that you just sometimes it's hard to, you know, weave what is and what isn't right. And everyone says that the app products are always going to be better than the next competitor, but we never really know because everyone's just selling you what is the best. So. Of course. And look, I guess what you're talking about is really CX. That's yeah. that's the latest trend, customer <laughs> experience. Everyone's talking about it. It's, it's just... Everyone's trying to map it. That's out. right. <laughs> and, and puts a whole lot of... A lot of variables around it and it really comes back to understanding what your customers need and giving it to them yeah and then i think that's also goes into a trend which i think will be coming up a lot more and you hear it a lot is automation right of course and anything that can help simplify it because it, it can it can be a very manual process and i have gone through the concept uh, have gone through mapping it out with um, customers before of like you know when they're exposed to this message this is what you want and this is therefore the what the salesperson should be having the conversation but you can never really control all of that because you could say the salesperson may speak to them first but then they get exposed to your marketing message and then it messes up the whole stream of how you particularly if they're want. not aligned exactly right. so you know you want to have some some sort of automation available in order to kind of ha to help that process and help you know streamline some of the processes where it makes sense automation is a very common theme that's spoken about by a lot of the guests who've been on the podcast so far i would put a big but in that conversation and suggest to you automation is wonderful but it can't and won't be able to interpret successfully 100 percent oh yeah the human factor of course and that's that's the big part about what artificial intelligence is also they're trying to do mm. and uh but you know at the same time i think that also then goes back to what marketers will be required to do in the future where the skill set changes a little bit more from what you would have, um, you'd be trained from in school, right? So you, in school, you'll be like, you know, the, the what here are the marketing fundamentals and things like that. And that, that probably will not go away. But in the automation world, what you're probably going to have to do a little bit more of is analyzing and being able to understand the, um, the skill sets around data analysis. And it's something that we've see, seen a trend where they're trying to hire a lot more data scientist type roles right. into marketing organizations. But that is not a bad skill set for a marketer to complement themselves with. And I think that will also be a trend that you will start to see a lot more in as well. So you're saying as a marketer, we need to be data scientists? To some extent, I think you, in order to have an effective conversation with a data scientist in the future, you need to understand the fundamentals of it. So being able to say, you know, hey, um, like I'm starting to see this trend in the data point. What can we, what can we get into? And for the data scientist to then translate that into something more meaningful i think you we do need some fundamentals to be to change okay christine you've, you've messed with my mind enough here <laughs> here i am starting out in my marketing career and you want me to be a data scientist a salesperson a marketer my goodness where does it end so <laughs> practically speaking because obviously you've traversed quite a few areas in mm -hmm. your in your career where would you what course would you suggest a marketer does? Like, so I've got, I've just got my BCom or yeah. in marketing, and I've, I've thinking I'm pretty special, and I know all about this, and I'm on Instagram and Snapchat and LinkedIn and Facebook all the time. So I've got this digital thing. I got it. I got it covered. What do you, as an experienced digital professional mm -hmm. and marketing and sales professional, what would you recommend? We're kind of jumping around all over the place, I as I said we would, which is good. <laughs> I like this. Um, I don't know where you would start because, frankly. I think if I look back, there was no, there is no straight line into success or to get you to where you want to be. I think what you need to identify very early on is what you're interested in. So if, you know, if you say, yes, you want to focus on digital marketing, that's fine. But be quick to understand as well what, what other skill sets complement that quickly. So if it's sales, fine. 
you know, spend spend a couple of years developing that skill set. And once you think that, yes, I've got, I've, I've understood the fundamentals, focus on another skill set. And I think that's something if I look back, you know, that's how as I've, as I've uh, transitioned from one company to another company, but also roles to roles, that's really what has actually helped me trans- transform into the next position. Right. So it's not necessarily about trying to master everything at one go because you have, let's face it, we've got about 30 years under our belt to work. And you've Some of us, Christy. Some of us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we work for a very long time and, you, can't, and you don't want to say that, you know, the, the thing that you learn in day one is the same thing you're learning, you know, 20, 30 years down the track. You want to evolve that conversation a lot more and, you know, focus on one thing first and try not to master. You don't have to master everything, but be open to what else it can be out there. And I look at that and you look at things like, you know, digital trends happen. And I can't say in five years, this is what it's going to be because, you know, the next Snapchat might come and go, but, you know, the next Twitter might come and go. And But you may have something that I can't even tell you the name of uh, will come. And be open to what will come and try not to resist it. Be open to what you can learn from it. Um, try to test it if you possible. And uh, you've got you've had Christoph on your show and um, you know from Chris, L'Oreal. Yeah, from L'Oreal and he was wonderful. Them, he was yeah. Oh, yes. so much information. <laughs> but he was also someone who was my manager actually. Oh, and there you go. Um, one thing I learned from him was the fact that we always you can't just say you know make an assumption on something without actually testing it and he was always a big advocate for testing and learning and the only way to really test it is you know to do to have a meaningful insight is to test it and we did that and that's something i've always taken with me is to always try something new so and the same thing i would say with your career is try something before you actually make it uh call about whether you like it or not test and measure test and measure mm-hmm. i think one of the, and this is again is a recurring theme for this podcast and one of my bugbears is that i think a lot of organizations and in turn people within those organizations do digital <laughs> they do digital because they have to do it they've yeah. gone to the conferences they've read the trade magazines consumers and customers are all online we've got to do digital but there's not really a great foundational knowledge or understanding as to why they're doing it and what's easy because there's any number of organizations that will provide services to do Facebook or email marketing or build websites or apps or those types of things. But it's the why, I think. Yeah. And and really understand, goes back to the understanding of, of why consumers and customers mm-hmm. are doing things and what decisions they make and why. And that's where that data scientist comes into it. Yeah, I agree. Okay, that wasn't a good question because you just said I agree. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's true, I agree. And I look at like what brand that I really admire is like, the tourism board right and like tourism australia tourism australia yeah and like they have like all the different um cities set up and you know it's just someone as a consumer when i look at that like it really inspires me to travel to go visit the rest of the country and you know frankly i follow them on instagram but it's it's not necessarily about you know them trying to make the the platforms to adapt to them they've adapted themselves to the platform and i think that's a really good example of how a brand you know, they get it. Instagram is all about images. It's all about the pictures. And, you know, that's what is fundamental to what how the platform was built. And they've adopted to it. And I think that's crucial as well as brands, you know, try different platforms is not to try to adapt, to get the platform to adapt to them, but to adapt to the platform. Because effectively, that's what, that's why the platform exists. Right. And that's what has made them successful. But try not to, you know, and it allows the brand to also express themselves in a different way. And I yeah. think that's the something that sometimes I notice brands 
don't often or they struggle to you know comprehend with that because most brands the vast majority of brands are established pre-internet yeah. pre-interactivity and pre-personalization uh, and they struggle to go beyond the, the the confines of what have been very successfully put in place over a long, long period of time with with some brands, billions of dollars worth of yeah. marketing funds put behind them. But even today, I was, I was catching a train to, to come and have a chat with you and there was an outdoor poster and said something about eBay. I thought, hang on, are they reading my phone? Are they reading my <laughs> mind? Did they know I was coming to see you? Of course they weren't, but that's that's really the ultimate goal, isn't mm-hmm. it? To really, and there there are the beacons which uh, which can detect, send messages to you in shopping centers and, yeah. and places, but that's really the ultimate. Do you think we'll ever get there? I hope so. Right. I really hope so. I have Don't you think that's a bit intrusive? Yes, it is. But and it's funny because like the whole concept about privacy comes up, yeah, you know, over and over again. And where do you draw the line of privacy? But at the same time, I think. That there's need, that needs to be the education as to what date what you're what you're giving back to marketers and I think that transparency about giving back to marketers or to customers customer well both ways right for the right. to actually work right. they have the customer has to actually give the their data to someone but why would I that and that's a fair point but and I think that needs to be clear right. what are you subscribing to if by giving my data and yeah. I, I I maybe because I'm a little bit more aware now you know than I was many years ago. I'm very cautious of what kind of emails I sign up to because, you know, it's so easy to just give your email address. But at the end of the day, you sometimes don't really know what you're signing up for. So, you know, as the whole concept about privacy and beacons and things like that, there needs to be a lot more transparency about what you're actually signing up for. I'm a big believer that if you actually step out the benefits to customers, Mm -hmm. consumers, customers of uh, of giving their information or allowing their information to be crafted to give to organizations to give back a more personalized and customized experience for them, they'll say yes. Yeah, I agree. But the, there's that fundamental step that is so often missing. Mm-hmm. It's like, we're going to take your information and we're going to give you this experience. And it's like, well, hang on, that's not really, it's like the retargeting, yeah. like the Google retargeting. <laughs> it's like, I looked at a, I looked at a website three weeks ago about, still getting the and messages. I'm still getting the message. How do I turn it off? How do yeah. I stop the noise, Christine? What's the solution? Data. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Google, it, are you listening? Oh, it's it's true though. Like the retargeting one. I mean, all of us have been victims of of, <laughs> of a bad retargeting ad. And there's and I think there's still a lot of lot that can be done. I mean, a lot has been done, but a lot more can be done in order to be a bit more effective. But I think quite often as well with organizations, everyone's still trying to like figure out how to use the data. I think you know, big data was a topic a couple of years ago. I, I'm sure it still is today. But I think as nowadays, it's probably you know. They've got people translating data, but now it's actually making it more meaningful about how to use it right. a bit more effectively. And I think that's the biggest part that we're still, we're, we're yet to see it happen. You have experience with overseas markets as well. You obviously keep a keen eye on what's happening oh, in Europe and the yeah. US, of course, and in, in, in Asia. Yeah. Uh, do you feel that Australia is behind the eight ball when it comes to the foundational understanding of the benefits of, of digital and what it can offer organizations? To some extent. To some extent, I think I think we do a really good job in actually adopting them. Right. Um, as in, we as people I've worked with as well, like everyone's very keen on trying something new or trying in like a latest trend or be the market with the trend. Right. Um, but also, I think the other piece is um, is the adoption by by the everyday consumer. It's, it's very different. So I think you know, we, and we're a small market, so you know, quite often budgets are also restricted, and um, you know, you see things happen, but. Uh, we have adopted the mobile phone 
very quickly and it was a need. And I think that's the difference when things are adopted because people, there, there is simple why as to why someone needed to use it. It, it will it will be very quick but when you're trying really hard to just sell them on something that they're it's not very familiar to them i think that's going to be the hardest part to the adoption so i think to answer your question in some instances yes and in some instances no okay well i actually i think that i guess that that's a kind of a self-serving question because it's one of, again yet another one of my bugbears and that is i think there's Unlike in the US and the UK, whereas the, there is a direct male mm-hmm. uh, heritage, we don't have that here. So mm-hmm. that's why I think that people are struggling, professionals are struggling here in Australia, which is one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast, to really s- to speak to thought and opinion leaders and, and successful professionals like yourself, to really spread the word as to wh- what you can do with this. It's, mm-hmm. It is, it, going back to our, our initial discussion, it is sales and marketing. Yep. It really is matching needs and doing it more effectively, whether it's using data or beacons or, or mobile yeah. technology or mobile marketing. There's a range of different ways you can do it. To, well, you mentioned that Tourism Australia, do you think you, uh, is an organisation that does does digital marketing? Well, what are some other ones that you could think of? Actually, one I've recently like looked at as well as Lenovo, and I know it's mm. you know it's I and I they're I, everywhere. They're moment. everywhere. <laughs> well, yeah. there's that thing, though, so they're doing it well because I'm obviously front of mind when I think about it. But I think what I've also been keeping track is like they've they've done the whole sales and marketing thing a little bit. They've started to do that a lot more, and I've you know having worked with them during my time at LinkedIn, right. and having read like content after that is they've been doing that well. You know, trying to like do the conversions between sales and marketing a lot more and um obviously it's driving them the results and yeah can you can you uh take us through obviously you don't work for lenovo but you worked with lenovo take us through why you think they're doing it well and, and what why you think it is successful for them yeah so i think with them um having spoken to them like years ago and where they are now you know many years ago you would see you lenovo is probably not a consideration if you had to think of a, a laptop but now when you start to see the numbers they're they're obviously a lot more of a consideration factor in terms of people choosing the brand um but i think what was what was interesting was the fact that they realized that they had a sales force and the marketing team also was another um opportunity there and the marketing team realized that by you know using or working with the marketing uh with the sales team they were able to actually uh, see better results and so there was a lot more training with the sales team directly about you know hey uh you know, using LinkedIn, for example, uh, um, more effectively to be able to, you know, work with, yeah, end customers. So, and I've seen that loop happen a lot and that actually was part of the reason why I think maybe part of what was driving their success, but also they were willing to try different things. So, you know, I've seen them, you know, you see the YouTube advertising and um, you see they do big brand campaigns and um, they're a bit more bold with all the things. And it's it's quite nice to see that. So it's not just doing one thing. It's doing many different things, things, which is marketing. Yeah. But I think, again, we keep going back to this recurring theme. It's not us and them. No. Marketing and sales. No. It's us. Yeah. Okay, so Lenovo, any other organizations you think do it well? You've given us Tourism Australia, Lenovo. Lenovo, who else? Is eBay, it? obviously, is doing a fabulous job. <laughs> yep, it's our big brand campaign. It's <laughs> nice to see that everywhere. Good. Um, I think LinkedIn does it well too, and um, they do it well from a content marketing perspective. Right. And that's an, like another, I know it's another buzzword, um, but it was something that, you know, LinkedIn identified that it was a key from our customers at that time that, you know, people didn't really understand how to market on on LinkedIn effectively and that's what 
they focused on how can they educate uh, marketers or agency folks to actually you know use the platform and they understood that content marketing was the best way to go because people were learning more about it and it was uh, a way to effectively measure it and that's how that's how they went about it i think when we we talk about customization and, and understanding customers really really well you've got the the, the big uh, the big gorilla that's about to come into australia is amazon they do it so so well and i think uh, we our previous podcast we spoke to jim from allen and unwin mm-hmm. and obviously in the book industry that's had a huge impact mm-hmm. and who knows what in what impact it's going to have in the rest of australia do you have any thoughts about that particularly from an ebay point of view and you know it's going to be exciting times so i look forward to seeing stay that stay tuned <laughs> says christine okay so final few questions where do you think digital marketing will be in the next five years um i hope a lot more integrated i hope it's not going to be i hope to say that in the next five years that as you have a lot more of the digital natives entering the workforce that it's not going to be a us versus them conversation right uh, I hope that it would be a lot more integrated. You would get, we would get better at measurement where you see TV advertising combined with search a lot better. I know we do it, and it's doing. A, many brands are doing it well now, but I just hope that it's a no-brainer kind of conversation. Right. Okay. It's a bit like uh, it's a no-brainer to do digital now, yeah, as opposed to five years ago where yeah. it was almost a discretionary thing. Yeah. Okay. Final question. The top three tips. What are the top three tips, Christine, you would have for other marketers who are interested in succeeding in digital? Oh, okay. I actually wrote this one down because okay. uh, I couldn't like, ref- I, was, I was thinking about this well and I want to make sure it's a meaningful um, answer for the guys listening in. Um, don't focus on only on the skill set that you have today. Think about skill sets that you want to continuously develop because that's going to be able to see, see you through in your career. I think that's one thing I would definitely say. Mm-hmm. Think about skill sets versus job titles because I think it's very easy to get hung up on head of, senior manager of, director of, but really the value you're going to bring is the skill set. So it's like you're talking about title inflation, where people get uh, titles Too beyond. Caught up with that. That's yeah. right. Okay. Yeah, and I and to be honest, it's like saying when you know why people go traveling for a year or a couple of years before they start working or take a break to go traveling, and you see people who travel get have a lot more perspective about life and different things, and they offer that to their role. And I think it's the same th- thing with skill set. Is you learning a different skill set can actually offer a lot of perspective into your day-to-day, even if it's not directly, but it will definitely offer some some view. So I would say don't focus on skill set. Um, don't focus on title, focus on skill set. Oh, that's it, sorry. Right, okay. yeah. <laughs> you, got, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I do. <laughs> um, and also uh, be open to what else is out there. I think in terms of don't just limit yourself to digital media alone. I think, um, you know, before uh, you look at like any company's offering, like you look at LinkedIn, for example, um, the offering was only not just limited to marketers. It was also an offering to HR professionals and you also have an offering for sales professionals. And, you know, if you only focus on the advertising side, you're quite limited. But if you could look at it from a holistic, how can my organization benefit from the services that these companies are offering? You can actually um, look at and be able to branch out a lot more. So and it offers more potential about what else you can do as a brand. So I would say, you know, try to look at the full suite of what's being offered in front of you. So in, in essence, you're saying be curious. Be curious. Right. Yeah. And. The last one is probably a little bit more down my alley, but it may not be for everybody, but read extensively. And 
and don't just read you know digital like try read different things to hear different perspective i just finished um hit refresh by satya Nadal, mm-hmm. and i would say it was a very interesting read and i really enjoyed just he- you know hearing from someone at that level and reading his perspective and his thoughts about you know you know what it meant taking over microsoft at the time and you know how he's definitely transformed the brand a lot so you know um, read if you can even if it's just blogs you know and listening to podcasts um, try to you know be to immerse yourself in something else as well we're going to ask you to send through a list of suggested <laughs> blogs and books you have for for listeners i can send you some please do because we'll put it up on the show notes for this sure, particular episode christine fantastic really impressive and interesting we could speak for another two hours but i don't think we'd have anyone listening other than ourselves but look that's that one of the reasons i love doing this podcast is that i get to speak to people like you on a regular basis and and learn new things as well which i think everyone will be when they listen to this so christine thank you so much for your time no thank you for having me i hope you enjoyed that discussion as much as I did. I think it was really, really interesting to talk about differences between sales and marketing, where it's going, where Christine thinks it's going to go. And obviously she's going to be at the vanguard of that, given the objective and the ambition that she has, which I think is wonderful. And any digital marketer, any corporate marketer, no matter what the age or stage is, uh, can be inspired, can and should be inspired by what Christine has had to say and where she thinks the industry is going. So thank you again for listening to this episode of the Corporate Digital Marketing Podcast, and we look forward to speaking with you again very soon. You just listened to the Corporate Digital Marketing Podcast. If you have any suggestions about what you'd like us to talk about in future podcasts, email us at info at tickyes.com. For the transcript, links from this episode and other information, go to www.tickyes.com and click on the podcast link. Have a great digital day.